of the movie Infinity War. It was more based on what happened in Infinity Gauntlet leading up to it. But you'll see a few things go on that you might that might sound familiar. So we're going to start off with two issues before we get to Infinity War 1 through 3. It's called Warlock in the Infinity Watch. Now right alone the title is like, huh, what's this watch mean? So after Infinity Gauntlet, the cosmic beings that just helped Adam Warlock beat Thanos, or help beat Thanos, they put him on trial. And the first issue of Warlock in the Infinity Watch is that trial. They're trying to say that he isn't really the best choice to keep the Infinity Gems, the Infinity Gauntlet. He's got all the cosmic beings, Eternity is pleading his case to the judge, who is the living tribunal. You've heard mentions of him, but you've never even seen him in the movies. You've heard that in uh, Mordo had the snap of the living tribunal. That was the only mention of the living tribunal, but you actually get to see him a lot in the comics, especially in these these storylines here. So Eternity is putting him on trial. You've got Chaos and Order, Love, Hate, the Celestials, Galactus, the Watcher and everything. And Eternity is telling that, telling the Living Tribunal and all those cosmic beings there that he needs to be stripped of his uh, omnipotence because not he's not worthy of it. He's not like a, a true being. And it's basically a retelling of Adam Warlock's origin because he's an artificial being. They go through how the scientists on Earth, they had this thing called the Hive. They uh, constructed him in this cocoon. He came out of it. He re uh, rebelled against his creators, went amongst the stars, and uh, he it is basically how he met the, uh, the High Evolutionary, how he first got the Soul Gem. He went to go protect Counter-Earth, which you saw in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and how he died and was resurrected to fight this character called the Magus. Now we're going to see the Magus a little bit. I'm not trying to spoil anything, but the Magus is a big part of this story too. And it's a future dark version of Adam Warlock, where Warlock had to go against him. Uh, this uh, being called the Magus, he created this thing called the Universal Church of Tr Truth. It was a religious militia that tried to wipe out the galaxy the Avengers, Spider-Man, uh, all the Earth's heroes went after him. But with the Infinity Gems, Warlock made that thing not happen. So the heroes won't even remember it happening. But we do remember it because it did happen in the comics. And Warlock had even gone back and removed Magus from the time stream by... Right before Warlock was supposed to become the Magus, Warlock went back in time and made sure that he didn't happen. And Warlock's like, that never happened. It, it, didn't, uh, it didn't occur because I took care of it. So Eternity is pretty much telling everybody that he is replacing himself as like the primary focus of the universe. And Warlock's just like, uh, am I to be referred to as your superior? Is that why you guys want to take it away from me? And he's basically saying that Eternity wants the Infinity Gems so that he can be superior to even the Living Tribunal. But the Living Tribunal rules against him. So he says... Uh, Eternity's contentions that you are not meant that you are mentally unfit to control such power can't be denied. In your hands, the universe surely would come to a disastrous end. Warlock disagrees with that, and he like shows his uh, power, and he's uh, about to weigh lace to everybody. And Living Tribunal's like, is that what you want? Do you want to lay waste to reality? So the Warlock goes, you know, I have the time gem, so I knew this was going to happen. So he charges Warlock with properly dispersing the Infinity Gems amongst protectors. Eternity thinks that he should be the one that does it, but then Eternity vanishes, 
and Warlock sets out to relieve himself of the Infinity Gems and give them to people that uh, are worthy of protecting them. Some of them you're kind of like, why did he do that? And that's pretty much what he did. So we're going to get to issue two, and this is the only other uh, issue of Warlock and the Infinity Watch we're going to cover right now. But it's important because of who he picks. There's a character we haven't seen yet in the movies. Her name is called Moondragon. Now, there is a connection to Moondragon. Since I mentioned uh, in the Infinity Gauntlet stuff in the Road to Infinity Gauntlet, Drax the Destroyer was resurrected from a human being. And that human being uh, was named Art Douglas. Moondragon is Arthur's daughter, Heather Douglas. And she was the one that made Drax brain dead in the first place before he died that second time and Kronos resurrected him. And he's just this big dumb Goliath. Well, Moondragon's the one that was responsible for that. So Warlock finds her first. Uh, she's floating in space, about to lose all the oxygen in her pretty much banged up spaceship. And he picks her to be part of the watch. Then we see Eros and Drax on Titan. Warlock takes Drax, because he wants him to be on, there, uh, on that watch too. And we go to this unnamed planet. We see Gamora and Pip. You remember those guys. And you see Moondragon, and Drax comes too. Now, Moondragon attacks him right away because she knows who he is, because they did have a fight before she made him brain dead. And Warlock keeps forgetting to say that he's brain dead and doesn't remember who, who she is. And he proves that by going, hey, nice lady, nice head, because Moondragon's bald. So he tells everybody that he was uh, told to relinquish, relinquish his omnipotence, and he has agreed to share that power with them, and on how he's going to give everyone a different infinity stone and uh, he starts splitting them up he gives the space gem to pip the troll which uh, right away he starts figuring out how to teleport and everything this is it's the tesseract basically he figures out how to teleport and everything. He gives Moondragon the mind gem because she already has some uh, mental powers, a telekinesis and things like that. So he gives her the mind gem and uh, she quickly figures out because uh, she doesn't like Pip and she attacks Pip. But he's suddenly frozen before he could fall to his death because Adam built safeguards into the gems so that none of the people wearing them could attack the others and gain them all back, which was pretty smart. So he gives Drax the Destroyer the power gem which we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy. Now this one, uh, Drax takes it off his head immediately, and since he's so dumb, he thinks it's a jelly bean and swallows it. But uh, Adam says it's safe, safe in Drax's stomach, it's indestructible and won't digest. So he gives Gamora the time gem. Now here's a, here's a little twist there, because we've never seen Gamora in this fashion, like being part of this. You know, this is one of the big differences between the Gamora in the movies and the Gamora in the comic book. She, he gives her the time gem. She doesn't know how to use it, doesn't want to know how to use it, but since she's the dangerous woman in the universe, it's safe with her. He takes the soul gem, throws down the gauntlet, and they're like, wait a minute, there were six infinity gems. Where's the one that's missing? And Gamora says, it's the reality gem. Where'd it go? And then Warlock goes to a caretaker whose identity will remain unknown to all but me. So anyone who would, uh, anyone who would uh, be frowning on uh, attempting to get all the gems again. So he's basically like, okay, I gave it to somebody that's going to be like, nope, you can't get them all together. So quickly it became one of Marvel Universe's big things in the 90s where all like, who did he give the gem to? Like, you couldn't figure it out. Like, there was clues, but you never really could say for sure. So he basically says, let the stars know you as the Infinity Watch. And then he quickly leaves. He's like, you know, my, my time is a, a superior being. I, I need to figure some stuff out. So he just leaves. And uh, he pretty much tells everybody, okay, you're kind of on your own. 
own now. They do get back together and they do form a team eventually when the Infinity War starts. Right before the Infinity War starts, they all get back together and they stay together as a team. So we get to Infinity War number one. Right off the bat, the first page, which was kind of inspired. You remember in Infinity War, at the end of Infinity War, where Thanos had his armor on like that scarecrow thing? Well, this is the first page we get. Thanos' armor is on that uh, scarecrow peg as we saw him at the end of Infinity Gauntlet. But here's something very weird. Right off the bat, somebody who looks like Thanos in that same armor walks into his house and kind of just disappears. Thanos kind of looks around, is kind of like, who was that? And he goes back to his work and he's figuring out what's going on because like he's got telemetry going off that there's something really weird going on. And he's got like this AI that tells him that uh, there's a lot of things going on. There's a transdimensional portal that's giving off energy. So Thanos sends a probe and he looks at all the data and he goes, I sense a pattern. Uh, the universe is in grave peril. So he gets back on his armor. So he goes to investigate that portal and he puts back on the armor and he gets out uh, the, that uh, floating platform that he had during the when he was uh, messing with Silver Surfer. It was destroyed during all those battles and everything, but he recreated it, except it didn't have its uh, mystical properties. So he gets back on there and his AI assistant's just like, can I uh, determine an ETA of your return? And he goes, will and not when are more of an appropriate question of concerning with myself right now. So he disappears. Then we see our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man just webbing through New York City, but he is being watched by somebody that looks like him. It's a doppelganger, only has four arms or six arms, and it's like snarly and vicious, so it goes after him. Then we go to Eternity. We just saw Eternity uh, in the time frame. It's probably about four months since that issue, and Galactus was trying to reach Eternity for something, but Eternity is catatonic, artificially induced by outside forces that Galactus can't even figure out. So Galactus is on this, comes out, and he goes, well, things are uh, far more dangerous than I expected. There's a secondary signal coming through, and our, uh, the identity of the architect remains an enigma, and the readings are familiar, but not enough for me to remember exactly. He turns around and then sees on this little asteroid that Thanos-looking doppelganger figure, too, and he goes, huh, okay, something is going on. And then a, a little cutscene, we see Iron Man flying back to Avengers headquarters, and he's attacked by another doppelganger that looks like Iron Man, only this evil version of uh, Iron Man. And then we see Thanos go to where the origin of those readings are. It's this big fortress floating in this far corner of space, and he says it even reminds him of his shrine to Mistress Death. Kind of looks like it. So he goes into this big building, and he finds this big construct. It's uh, like, uh, you know what the throat lozenges look like? Kind of like this crystal that looks like it, and it's emanating power, but it's being generated from another power source, and it's being focused on it. He's getting ready to see what that is, but somebody stops him. He goes, I hope you're not planning to take any samples with you. And Thanos turns around and goes, what? You? And there's another cutscene where Wolverine is in the Canadian wilderness, and he's attacked by a doppelganger as well. It's the beginning of a fight with all these doppelgangers. And we go to a very familiar villain. Dr. Doom sees all these different wavelengths and readings too, so he's uh, he's wanting to get involved in this as well. It's never a good thing when Dr. Doom gets involved in things as well. And we go to Four Freedoms Plaza, where Reed Richards is also figuring out what's going on. He gets attacked by a doppelganger. And there's a lot of attacks by doppelgangers gangers going on and we see the beginning and end of this fight the doppelganger has them all tied up like they're both stretching out they both have each other's powers and everything but one of the hands reaches for a gun and incapacitates one you don't get to see the faces and who wins or loses but it kind of looks like reed richards defeats his doppelganger and we go to see the architect thanos is standing before them and these two shadowy figures come out of the shadows and the one shadow goes i take it you didn't expect to ever see me again or come into contact with your doppelganger and it's the magus 
He was recreated, and he's the one behind the mysterious emanations and the doppelgangers and everything. So he starts to tell Thanos a little bit about what's going on, and Thanos is like, I don't believe that you just have this little bit of power, and you're done. You're always after more power, and uh, I and he's trying to... Thanos is really sneaky. In the comic, he's very, very sneaky and very, very sly. As we saw in the, the telling of the Thanos quest where he got the gems, he's very creative and very sly, talks a lot of game and everything, but the Magus doesn't really reveal too much other than that he's wanting more power and he's going to get it by any means. And the next few pages are the doppelganger fights with Wolverine and Iron Man. Wolverine beats his doppelganger and it disappears. But Iron Man crashes into like this oil rig on the ground and the doppelganger had beat him. And you see an unconscious Iron Man and the doppelganger standing above him. And we see Galactus tries to figure out where these wavelengths are going to. The Magus is the one responsible, but he notices that Galactus is getting too close, so he scrambles the signal. And his uh, herald at the time is Nova, not the Nova from the Nova Corps, a different Nova. There's two in the Marvel Universe in the comics, and I swear it's not this confusing. So he's saying that there's mystical barriers that are set before him, and he needs somebody that can figure it out. And he goes, we need to go find somebody. And in his blackened eyes, you see Doctor Strange's head, so he's going to go get Doctor Strange now. And we see Spider-Man beat his doppelganger. His doppelganger's dead and disappears. But Iron Man's doppelganger does something very weird. He untangles his whole body and he's it's like this tentacle-looking being. He wraps himself completely around Iron Man and a non-damaged armor version of Iron Man appears after the, the uh, tentacles all reshape and form a complete Iron Man. So uh, Magus is still talking to Thanos about his grandeur plans and he's saying, well, you were omnipotent once. You had all this power. And he goes, yeah, I learned much in recent months that uh, it wasn't for me. I have different priorities now. And Magus is like, well, that's kind of disappointing. I was kind of hoping you'd put up more of a fight. And Thanos is like, uh, I'm just wasting my time talking to you. What do you want? And he goes, I'm not going to tell you. So he pushes this button. And all of these doppelgangers, there's doppelgangers of every character in the Marvel Universe at the time surrounding Thanos. And Magus goes, you will let Adam know I'm coming, right? Because Adam Warlock has faced the Magus before. He clicks this button and teleports Thanos and wipes all of the data from his memory banks on his ship so he can't find him and scrambles it again. So he couldn't find him again right now if he wanted to. So he disappears teleporting and Thanos and Magus, who are watching all of this happen at the same time, going his telemetry is going exactly where you predict Magus smiles. And we see a message. Reed Richards contacts all the hero groups at the time. He contacts the Avengers, the X-Men, the New Warriors, West Coast Avengers, X-Factor, and Alpha Flight. All of these teams are going to be involved this time. And he's getting ready to contact Doctor Strange but this bright light takes Doctor Strange. That's probably going to end up being Galactus, as you'll see. Now, Doctor Doom is talking to this figure that's on the other side of this portal, and he's telling him that there's five separate energy signatures, and he needs his somebody's help. Today will be his, tomorrow will be theirs. Kang the Conqueror comes through, and he's like, all right, fine, I'll work with you, but their little, uh, their little thought balloons internally are going, Kang is saying, I'm going to cut you out of the deal at a moment's notice, but Doom is doing the same thing. We go to Adam Warlock in the Infinity Watch. They're on this island that familiar with, uh, if you're a Fantastic Four fan, it's Monster Island, where the character Mole Man resides. He's their ally now. And uh, they're like, okay, this will be our base now. We have a deal. 
But there is one thing that's going on. We have an intruder. Thanos pops up and Warlock's going, what do you want? And Thanos says, your aid. So it doesn't look like Thanos is going to be the bad guy in this one. And it's kind of surprising because in the end he's really not. We go to issue two. Now all the issues of Infinity War are these gatefold covers that show like three different sections on the front cover. And this one is divide and conquer. The first uh, first couple of pages are the thing gets uh, word that uh, Johnny Storm is coming back. Johnny comes onto the roof and he's like, I got a message from my answering service and he's like what's going on and things like Johnny you're not even gonna believe this he walks into the Fantastic Four's big meeting room and all of the heroes are there and Reed Richards is on this podium and he's getting ready to give this little speech of what's going on and they're like is everybody here and he's like no we're still waiting on a few people and we just need to wait for Iron Man Wolverine Hawkeye and Spider-Man and you notice three of those guys where you saw get attacked so it's interesting so uh, they're like okay when these guys come up then we'll go we go to Kang and Dr. Doom, they're both trying to figure out how to find where the Magus is. They don't know who it is yet, but they're trying to piece things together. And they've got all this technology because Kang's from the future. And they're getting ready to go see, and they, they are, they're locked on to what they think is the coordinates, so they go. Then we go to uh, Thanos talking to the Infinity Watch, and Warlock is just like, I thought I had destroyed his timeline. Uh, you saw him fade from existence, but he's returned somehow. So they're like, okay, we need to figure out what to do. We need to go figure out what's going on, but but uh, we need to contact the Avengers in this case. And Warlock and Thanos are both like, that's a terrible idea. Since I'm the Infinity Gauntlet affair, I'm not overly loved by uh, Earth's heroes. And Thanos coming into the picture, nobody's going to lose it. Or nobody's going to want to do it. So Moondragon used to be an Avenger. So she wants to take Pip with her to go to talk to the Avengers. But before that, Thanos says they need to get some more information on what's going on. So Thanos wants Pip to teleport them to Mistress Death's palace so they can talk to the Infinity Well. We saw the Infinity Well back in the Thanos quest. Now, meanwhile, Magus and his doppelganger, uh, Thanos' doppelganger, are watching them do this the whole time. But apparently Magus has already predicted this because the doppelganger's going, hey, he, they're going exactly where you said he was going to. And uh, he makes uh, Magus mad because he says, uh, your other self is very predictable. And Magus is like, my other self, you mean my shadow, you mean. So he's getting mad because he was comparing himself to Adam Warlock. And we see that Galactus's contingent is getting ready to find uh, where his uh, dimensional relay is and it's somewhere on earth we see galactus's ship come out we see silver surfer nova and uh, galactus recruited dr strange told him what's going on and they're getting ready to go find out where that signal pattern is doom and kang are already there they cloak their ship but they're watching those other guys because they have useful information so there they find that uh, there's this little uh, bright light and they find that this is like a relay signal from earth that magus is using to track all the emissions. For, he's basically how he's able to spy on everybody. So Galactus gets the signal and they're off to the next phase of where they need to go, which is in deep space. So Doob and Kang get on their cloaked ship and they start following them. And Hulk's kind of getting impatient about everybody not being there yet and starting. So Reed goes, Iron Man and Hawkeye are on their way. We'll begin once they arrive. We see Spider-Man and Hawkeye talking and how uh, they uh, they have this message, so let's go. So we see Warlock and everybody teleporting into Mistress Death's temple and they're kind of hiding from Mistress Death and Thanos touches the Infinity Well and it basically tells the origin of Magus, where he came from, what he did and everything 
but we see something that happened very interesting in a few minutes. Uh, Magus's timeline was erased. Warlock did, in fact, erase his timeline, and you see Magus kind of vanish from everything. And there's another cutscene where Hawkeye is attacked by a doppelganger. He's knocked unconscious, but Spider-Man knocks out that doppelganger and kills him. Goes over to uh, see how Hawkeye's doing, and Iron Man appears and attacks Spider-Man right away, knocks him unconscious. Then we go, the Infinity Well is pretty much telling what happened during the Infinity Gauntlet affair, uh, how Thanos got all this power and everything and lost it, how Warlock went and set up the Infinity uh, Watch and everything. Then we get to see something. The Infinity Well says that nobody noticed the change that happened during Warlock's time as Almighty. Uh, he thought that only through pure logic would allow him to shoulder the responsibilities. Neither good or evil could be in, uh, let in the way of his judgment. So both were subconsciously and totally expelled from his being. So Darkness, the Magus, his dark side, was recreated. And we see this Lady Gold figure appear. We'll talk about her after Infinity War. But he, all of the good and evil were taken from Warlock's consciousness. So he's like, that kind of explains a lot. Now Magus reappeared back in like this crossroads of reality and was able to get this new uh, new force and everything and all this power. But the Infinity Well can't see what's going on. He calls it a near infinite source of power and it was taken from five separate realities. So Thanos is like, uh, like interdimensional infinity gems? They're like, no, not that. I cannot answer that. And Magus goes, well, that's enough. They've learned enough information for right now. Uh, inter uh, 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 throw this signal out there to warn Mistress Death. Like the thing that was blocking Mistress Death from noticing them, he interrupts that wait. So we, Mistress Death knows somebody's there and then takes off. So then Iron Man comes into the room with all the heroes and he goes, Spider-Man and Hawkeye won't be able to join, obviously, because they're both knocked unconscious. So Reed tells everybody about the intruder, the doppelganger. Has anybody else come across this? Uh, he believes that he was uh, sent to replace me, take over my existence. Has anybody has anybody had an encounter like this? Obviously, because nobody else is there that would have, besides Iron Man. Wolverine comes in, he goes, I am the one that did that. Then we cross over back to the Infinity Well, and Moondragon can sense she's coming, but they're still trying to get some more information. Magus goes over to this destination, builds that big temple, and he uses this uh, army of soldiers that he altered. That's basically the doppelgangers, but they don't know why he did that yet. And the Infinity Well goes, I know Magus's ultimate goal. And right before he tells them, the uh, Mistress Death walks in and they're basically found out. And Wolverine, go, they, we go back to the cutscene uh, at the Fantastic Four's headquarters, and he basically says that Iron Man and Reed are lying. There's something up with them. You see Reed, he's touching his podium, but he's got this button on his podium. So you're like, uh-oh, is that not the real Reed? And we go back to Mistress Death's palace, uh, Pip teleports all of them away, and then we go back to the Fantastic Four headquarters, and we already start seeing Divide and Conquer, because Iron Man says, uh, what have you been putting up your nose? Because Wolverine is saying, you and Reed don't smell right. So then he calls him a mutie, which is a derogatory term for mutant in the comics. So then he goes, oh, divide and conquer, huh? So then Iron Man starts pointing his finger at Wolverine, and they're like, they're really confused. The heroes are like, uh, well, how can we figure out who they are? Professor X can't determine because of their brain patterns, and seems they're all right. And then uh, they say, well, Doctor Strange could probably figure it out. And Iron Man says that he couldn't locate him. So they're like, huh, that's very convenient. But then Daredevil gets this weird vibe because Daredevil can sense things all around. And uh, we see Moondragon like, okay, so we're going to go to Four Freedoms Plaza and we're going to talk to all the heroes. We cut to Daredevil goes, Richards and Iron Man are the imposters. Keep them away from the podium. So they start this big attack where some of the heroes are like, uh, what's going on here? So it's basically all the X-Men characters versus all the other Marvel guys and they're in this big fight and everything but they're trying to stop Reed Richards and Iron Man from getting to the 
podium, and they uh, manage to stop most of them, but his hand touches that button, and a gamma bomb appears. It comes out of the podium, and they're all just like, oh, crap. Moondragon and Pip appear right outside Four Freedoms Plaza. The whole top of the building explodes, and the Magus goes, ha. That was my next move. So that's how that issue ends. And we go to issue three, where it takes place right after the explosion happens. Sue Storm used her uh, powers to create an invisible force field to hide the blast. But she says uh, there's going to be this problem with radiation. So Thor swings Mjolnir and creates this tornado and gets them, gets the uh, fallout to go into space. They come back down and everybody's holding Richards and Iron Man. And they're like, okay, what did you do with the real Reed and Iron Man? And they're like, oh, you want some answers? Try this one on for size. So the poor portal opens and the Magus and the Thanos doppelganger come out of it, start attacking everybody. They take Iron Man and Reed and close the portal. And they're like, wait, that guy looked like Adam Warlock and Thanos was with him. And they're like, uh, we need to get up to speed of what's going on here. And we see uh, Wanda, Scarlet Witch, and some of the other uh, characters from Alpha Flight, they're mystics. So they're like, okay, I think we can figure out what's going on. I need to go get somebody else and we can be caught up to speed on the mystical standpoint because we need to uh, get to where they're going. And uh, one of the other character says there was some deep mystical energy there and maybe we can lock on to that signal and get to where they are. And speaking of Doctor Strange, he's locked on to the signal, but they're going through like this dimensional wormhole. And Galactus is like, you need to speed this up, you need to speed this up. And they notice that Doom and Kang are right behind them. Because they're like, hey, I sense something behind us. And like, okay. We cut to the Infinity Watch and Thanos. They're a couple of steps behind. They're at that little uh, beacon point on Earth where Doom and, and Galactus were a little while ago. And like, okay, we've locked onto this source. This is as far as we can go. And Thanos turns around and that doppelganger's there again. So they all get back on his on his uh, little dimensional pad there and they all teleport away. Now, Reed Richards had all of his computers and everything locked on. So Hank Pym is trying to figure out where to lock onto this stuff. And uh, he uses vision to help. But they're trying to figure out, they're like, wait, if it wasn't a real Reed Richards, why is his computer tell basically telling us where to go? And uh, the Magus cutscene goes to him watching that and going left to your own devices, you would never be as far into the game as I would want you to be. So then the doppelganger Reed is like, so the bomb was never meant to annihilate them. I'm like, no, uh, they were meant to confuse and stimulate Earth's defenders uh, for the role I've meant for them to play. They're, they're pawns, really, in this chess game. Thanos and Warlock are major board pieces. Pip, Gamora, Galactus, and Eternity are useful secondary pieces. So it's all a huge game that Magus is playing. So he's putting everybody where they need to be. We uh, see that the, the, the heroes are gathered together and Wanda gets a bunch of other mystics together. And we might recognize one of them, Agatha Harkness. You saw her in WandaVision. This is definitely not the same Agatha Harkness because she is the Fantastic Four's nanny and a good guy in this one and a former Avenger, Dr. Druid, who are all these big mystics. So in place of Dr. Strange, they got five mystics, which is just as good as one. So uh, Captain America had sent Quasar, who uh, was part of uh, the contingent in Infinity Gauntlet that stopped everybody, and uh, he finds that Eternity is catatonic, and they're like, oh, that's not good. So he sends uh, Quasar back to Earth, because we're getting ready to go, uh, we're getting ready to go fight some people, so I need you back here. So then Galactus senses Doom's aircraft uh, behind them, and Magus is like, okay, Galactus is a little further ahead than where I want him to be. So Galactus's ship, he starts saying, hey, there's some weird energy patterns. Boom. Galactus's ship 
ship blows up and Doom and Kang are right behind him like, uh, that's not good, but thankfully we could get ahead of them now and go further along. Now, the doppelganger Thanos kind of says like, there's something weird on the scanners and Magus is like, eh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Like, uh, okay. So then we see the Infinity Watch come to this barren planet where that relay signal is in the Magus's dimension. And, uh, they're about to do that. And Doom and Kang were already there. They cloak because they don't want to be discovered yet. So we see uh, Thanos trying to figure out how to get to uh, the Magus's new location. And he starts talking to Adam Warlock about uh, all of his uh, recent problems with the good and evil and everything. And they go back and forth because they both wore the Infinity Gauntlet. So they have uh, they both have this common ground to think about. We see the mystics getting ready to teleport the heroes to that crossover level in that relay. They locked onto it with Reed's coordinates and everything. And Quasar comes back and he goes, so who are you sending? The most seasoned and experienced. And we see this big attack force. It's got the Fantastic Four minus Reed, most of the X-Men. Uh, we see like Wonder Man, Hulk, Thor, Wolverine, all the big guns basically. And they're all teleported away. And the rest of the heroes are left at Avengers headquarters to kind of keep guard. And we see Eternity still catatonic and the Living Tribunal comes in and goes, I did sense a need for judgment. I await the appeal. What's the appeal? And the Thanos doppelganger looks at the magazine goes, you really did think of everything. We go back to Avengers headquarters, Wasp and some of the other characters are making uh, lunch for everybody, and then this big explosion happens, and the doppelganger force attacks the remaining heroes back in Avengers headquarters and keeps them distracted. And just as Thanos and the Infinity Watch were about to leave, this bright light, Thanos goes, we have incoming. And suddenly, Adam Warlock and Thanos are surrounded by the hero force that just teleported in. And Kang and Doom are like, oh, we don't want to be part of this. We're just going to take off. We're going to go to the next location. Now, Kang doesn't know uh, that uh, they're not being watched. Like, Magus doesn't even see them at this point. So we leave off with that right now. Magus is like, everything is coming to plan. Doom and Kang are hot on the trail, but they're not even identified. That's where I'm going to leave off for this episode. There's a lot that happened so far, and there's a lot of action, and everything gets figured out in 